Good morning, Mark Rogers here again for another edition of Common Thoughts of Christ. Enjoy recording these in the morning, and uh, we have been going through the book of Ezra, and it's been a joy to meditate on some of these things. And, uh, you know, do you remember that time the Lord Jesus was walking with those two, two Emmaus out of the center of Jerusalem there at that time, right? In Luke, was it 22 or is it 24? I don't have it in front of me here. And uh, he's walking those seven miles, or was it three and a half? Uh, I can't, oh boy, my memory's, uh, but it, there's about three hours or four hours of, of time that he's walking with them and he's disclosing to them all things concerning himself in the scripture, which would have been in the Old Testament at that time, right? And, um, I think about that thought of having those three or four hours of the Lord Jesus explaining to these two disciples that were disheartened as they walked away from Jerusalem. And he's disclosing to them where in the Old Testament that they could see him, see pictures of him. Isn't that beautiful? And I so enjoy, they must have heard quite quite an earful. And we read, obviously, right, if you read that portion of those two walking from Emmaus to get to the house and and they say something along the lines of, did not our hearts burn within us? <laughs> what were they thinking as they heard this stranger? And he was a stranger to them at that time, sitting there disclosing to them where he could be found in the Old Testament. And so now we have, as we go through Ezra, that's a good question to ask ourselves, right? It's a good question to ask ourselves to say, where can I find Christ? Where can I find principles for my walk today, right? And so now we look at this second chapter of Ezra. I don't know if we took a peek at it yet or not, but it's an interesting chapter here because it is a chronology of people, right? It's a list of people that's sitting there. And we get this from time to time in Scripture where we have a list of people and you go, why in the world does God put this in Scripture, in the canon of Scripture? Well, there's a variety of reasons. We won't get into them all, but let's just read um, the first two verses of Ezra 2. First two verses. Now, these are the children of the province that went up out of the captivity and of those which had been carried away whom Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, had carried away unto Babylon, and came again unto Jerusalem and Judah, every one unto his city, which came with Zerubbabel, Jeshua, Nehemiah, Sarariah, Realiah, Mordecai, Bilshan, Mizpar, Migvi, Raham, and Bena, the number of the men of the people of Israel. And then there's a colon sitting there. Okay? Well, it's interesting to see this is the uh, starting up a list, and we're certainly not going to read this list here, but God is very clear that he gives, he takes account of lists of people. And, and it's beautiful to see this because you can jump all the way down into the list all the way down in here. And there are some interesting things that uh, are, are noted in this, in this um, particular list. We have, uh, we have the common people here listed in verses 3 through 35. 
And then we have some priests listed in verse 36 through 39. And we have some Levites from from verse 40 through 42. And um, I guess a good question would be, what's the difference between priests and Levites, right? Do we know that question? Uh, we know that the Levites were a tribe of the 12 tribes, right? And yet they were the ones wholly dedicated to the Lord. They were the ones that served the Lord. And then out of that were the priests that were uh, list that were wholly dedicated unto the Lord to serve him in the priestly work. But the Levites were ones that you see there, um, verse 42, Levites, the children of the porters. What's a porter? It's a doorkeeper, right? So Levites had specific roles in God's service that were not necessarily in this class. They were not necessarily priestly guys, but they were ones that had specific roles um, and you know, too, if you go back into your history of Israel, that the Levites themselves did not get uh, a tribe unto themselves. In other words, they didn't, they didn't get a parcel of land, okay? We see all the other ones, they all got parcels of land. But what did the Levites get? Well, on that day, they got the cities of refuge, right? And there was these, I believe there were six cities of refuge that were sprinkled throughout Israel for a particular person, a purpose. And the Levites were ones that had those six cities. And yet they also, as I said, they were also priests that were serving in the temple or in the temple at the time. And then we have the uh, verse 43 through verse 58 we have servants, okay? And so we have servants, and you got these nethanims in verse 43. That's an interesting class of people as well. And then in verse 55, we have another class of people, the children of Solomon's servants, okay? And so it's beautiful to see verse 58, looked at 58. All the nethanims and the children of Solomon's servants were 390 and 2. Interesting enough, there were people that were clinging to God's people. They were not typical Israelites. They were not thing, but they were they were favored with God's people by hanging out with God's people. And Solomon, there was a <clears throat> there was a group of people there that uh, that came alongside and they served amongst God's earthly people, the Israelites, and yet they were able to be blessed along the way as well. So it's beautiful to see that there were some that had the spirit to leave Babylon and head back in a like manner. But then we have in verse um, 59 and 60, we have some more people, and then we have priests listed here. And I'm going to jump in in verse 61, 62, and 63. And the children of the priests, the children of Habeah, the children of Cause, the children of Barzillai, which took a wife of the daughters of Barzillai the Gileadite, and was called after their name, these sought their register among those that were reckoned by gene- genealogy, but they were not found. Therefore were they, as polluted, put from the priesthood. And the Tershatha said unto them, that they should not eat of the most holy things till there stood up a priest with ermine and thummin. Okay? Well, interesting. There are, as has been noted, four classes of people here. We have a class in verse 42. We have a second class in, 
as in verse 43, the Nethanims. And uh, we have another class of people in 59 and 60, but now we have the, ch- the children of the priests that couldn't reckon themselves by genealogy. You know, it's interesting. They had a desire to come and, and migrate back to Jerusalem, but they did not have they did not have the genealogy. It wasn't written down that they were a priest. You know, and sometimes sometimes circumstances come in and confusion sets in, right? And things that were once clear become muddled up. And it may even be a situation, and we even had it here recently with the COVID thing, where we had not been down this path before. And there was true exercise, there should have been true exercise, to be able to look into God's word to see how we are to be maintained. Because none of us could look back and say specifically in the event of this situation that came around the world here a couple years ago, ah, it says right here, Scripture says this or Scripture says that. No, there are things that we had to lean upon the Lord and look at principles specifically. And so these ones, they had to be set aside, verse 62, therefore were they as put from the priesthood. They couldn't serve directly in the priesthood. And I think it's interesting to see that there's there are times as I grow older, there are times when sometimes as when we're younger, we may find ourselves in a situation where we see things ever so clear cut and dried. But as we get older, we find out, huh, I have got to cast myself upon the Lord. This is not the way is not clear to me. I can't look into principles in the scripture and say that this is really clear, but maybe I need to spend some time. And remember we read about Daniel? Was it chapter 9? I think it is chapter 10. We find Daniel in this same similar thing where he is cast upon the Lord with fasting and sackcloth, giving up food, giving up food. Oh, that's a hard thing for me to do. Give up food. Give up everything else that is that is causing me so much great comfort to be able to cast myself upon him in a time when things are unclear. And so these priests here, they were apparently, they couldn't, they, they were priests that sit there, but they couldn't go back to the records to see where they were. Now, let's contrast this. The Lord Jesus, the Lord Jesus in, uh, was it Matthew chapter, is it Matthew, sorry for, for kind of rambling here, but these thoughts come to me here. And so we got the lineage of the Lord Jesus sitting back here in Matthew chapter 1, right? And we also have the lineage of the Lord Jesus listed in Luke, Luke chapter 3, okay? So the Lord Jesus lineage is a very interesting contrast to this. He is, we can actually point to the Lord Jesus lineage, both from his mother's side and his father's side directly. God is very clear about that, that the Lord Jesus was the son of man and the son of God. 
based upon lineages that are sitting there through the mother's line and the father's line. And so that was very clear with the Lord Jesus. But these ones here, they just wanted to come back and they couldn't find themselves in the genealogy. So they had to be set aside. Is there something for them to still do? Sure, there's something to still do. They just couldn't be in the priest's work as we see there in uh, verse 62 and 63. Now let's jump down into 64 through 67. The whole congregation together was 40 and 2,303 score. So we have you know, 42,000 people and change there sitting there besides their servants and their maids of whom there were 7,307, 30 and seven. And there were among them 260, 200 singing men and singing women. Interesting. So now along with everybody else, everybody's got classified here. Now we got singing men and singing women. And now we remember last time we mentioned about those songs of degrees, right? The songs of degrees. Those were the 15 psalms that were being sung probably as they left Babylon. And here we have singing men and singing women. And, you know, it's something I've thought as as we get older and whatnot is the older generation used to sing a whole lot more, Right. Look back, I don't know if you've had the experience to see, but there are generations that have gone on prior to us when the world had crept in less than what it is today. And there was singing. Or you can go into other nationalities and other countries where there isn't the world crept in. There's poverty going on. And singing, and singing is a real key component. You know, my son just got back from South America, Central America some time ago. And in their hymn book there, they have 900 hymns. And boy, they love to sing. And yet there are some real poverty in some of those countries. And yet their desire for the Lord is so great. And they're singing. They're singing to the Lord. And who's watching that? Well, the Lord's ear is very attuned to his saints that are singing. We also see, too, and you can turn over to 1 Corinthians 11, the angels are watching. The angels are watching the singing. Can the angels sing? Angels have no right to sing. They were not redeemed. You and I, as men and women, Lord Jesus died for us. He paid that penalty of our sins. We are redeemed. If you've trusted the Lord Jesus as your Savior, we are redeemed, and we have singing. The first time singing was mentioned was when Moses brought the children of Israel up out of the land of Egypt, and they were sitting there on the banks of the Red Sea, and and they had crossed the Red Sea, and they were singing. That's the first time Scripture is mentioned. So Scripture records singing Uh, the first time as a result of redemption, of being bought back. They were bought out of Egypt, right? They had the Passover. uh, God mightily purchased them back out of Egypt, and so they're singing. Your and I position right now is singing. And these ones are listed here. These men and women singers are listed here as well. The angels, getting back to the angels, the angels can't sing. You can go into Scripture, and you'll find out that when they're praising God, it says they are 
saying. Where do you find that? Well, you could find that when the Lord Jesus was born, you'll find them saying those statements in the in the heavens. And if you turn open into Revelation chapter 5, and the angels are enjoining with those that are redeemed, it says they're saying, it's a beautiful thing that you and I, as saints of God, as redeemed, we have the ability to sing praises unto him. And the angels watch on because we have a special portion before us. The Lord Jesus became man and is man in the glory right now. He didn't take on the nature of an angel, as you get in Hebrews. He didn't take on the nature of angels. He took on the nature of a man. And so now we have the option, we have the ability to sing praises unto him. And these ones are returning. They are singers. What is, how many is there? There's, uh, and there were among them 200 singing men and women, 200 of them. Okay. And then we have verse 68 through verse 70. I'm going to read these here because it's getting good. We're getting good. We're getting through the genealogy. We're seeing classifications of people. We're seeing responsibilities of people. We're seeing those that want to come back, and but God may not have that position they can have, but yet they can still have some service for the Lord. So now we get to verse 68. And verse 68 says, And some of the chief of the fathers, when they came to the house of the Lord, which is at Jerusalem, offered freely for the house of God to set it up in its place, and they gave after their ability unto the treasure of the work three score and one thousand drams of gold. So that would have been sixty and one sixty-one thousand drams of gold and five thousand pounds of silver. I've got, you know, that's thirty-two million dollars in my margin, and one hundred priest garments. So the priests and the Levites and some of the priests and some of the people and the singers and the porters. And the Nethanims dwelt in their cities, and all Israel in their cities. Well, now, the last verse here brings us to the point where they are now back in the land, and they all went to their different places. They all went back to the cities, and we find the whole group of them here in verse 70. The priests, the Levites, some of the people... Singers, the porters, Nethanims, those are the classes of people we've all read about, dwelt in their cities. Isn't that beautiful? They all come back to come back to where God had given his people. Now, they're coming back to something very, very different. But nonetheless, nonetheless, here's the key thing. In the day that they were living, they were doing what they could for the Lord. The day you and I live, are we doing what we can for the Lord. The days have changed. We are very, very different in terms of how God's word can go out in his service, say, from 100 years ago or even 50 years ago. We live in a different day. And yet God's purposes are still the same. He still wants people to follow him wholeheartedly. He still wants people to praise him. He still desires that. He still desires us to get the word of God out. He still desires us to serve others, but it could be in a different way. And so it is today that we can still find ways to come back to him and come with the same type of heart, cast down upon him, and and we find ourselves in his presence 
you know, uh, it's just a beautiful thing to see. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing to see that God will still allow a place for him, a people for him. It may look a little different, but his truths do not change. (laughs) His principles do not change. So there's a few thoughts as we wrap up chapter 2. There's a long list, and again, as I said before, I don't know what some of these are. I have a few notes through there, but, you know, someday we'll get to glory, and we'll talk to, I'll talk to Ezra. If you want to come join that conversation in glory, come on up. Let's talk to Ezra about chapter 2, shall we, and find out some of these people here. Maybe we'll get to meet some of these people in glory. It'd be a beautiful thing to do. But right now, we may not know them, but we do see some nuggets in this chapter, second chapter. Hope you've enjoyed some of these nuggets. I have enjoyed these nuggets along the way. Just to enjoy and examine these things and see how complete God's Word is. Isn't God's Word complete? It's a beautiful thing. So many facets to enjoy together as we go through here. So as we look forward to the Lord coming, could be today, could be tomorrow. We don't know when it is. May we find ourselves in our own little corner, crying out to God, asking, what would you have me to do, Lord? And let me be a willing vessel. And here these ones are willing vessels as they came up out of Babylon and they came back. And it's just a beautiful thing to see it. So with that, we look forward to chatting and let's uh, crack open the third chapter, shall we? Next time in Ezra. May God richly bless you, and we'll see you then.